This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Look, I, you know me, I, I, I don't like to pat myself on the back very much at all. That's that's not what I'm about. And this was this work was brilliant. It started early yesterday morning. You put the work in, Joe, and it 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 really shows out. I cannot cook at all. So this is a question from complete ignorance. It's not mm. meant to diminish any of your achievements from yesterday. I'm just it's a question out of pure ignorance. Mm. Is are meatballs and mozzarella sticks are those hard to make? Uh the meatballs and mozzarella sticks were not hard to make. Uh, I've never done it before, but they were. It was not. I thought it was going to be a complete disaster when you factor in my clumsiness with a pot of hot boiling oil. <laughs> that's probably there's a chance that's not going to go well. But the meatballs are. Yeah, it's a, it's a process. Okay, hard to make. Eh. You follow the recipe, you're okay. Okay, and that's what I did. It's good to hear. Proud of yeah. you. Like I said, I know I have no skill in that department. I have no knowledge in that department, so I would have no ability to comment as to whether or not uh, what's happening is impressive, unimpressive. There's no take here. I think the most impressive thing for me out of it was that we had all those things, and I didn't come out of it thinking, oh, my God, I ate way too much. <laughs> I really did. I thought you were going to say the most impressive thing was I came out of it, and I didn't get injured. <laughs> Which is... Accurate as well. Yeah. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance Friends on the ESPN app. We're also on Sirius XM Channel 80. And look, we can talk about Kyle Shanahan and his continued mismanagement in big situations all you want. I believe it was a big part, not not the majority of why they lost the game yesterday, but when the head coach's players clearly don't know what the rules are and how they have changed for overtime in the playoffs, it's a problem. Just listen to the Harvard-educated Kyle Juszczyk on the topic. You know what? I didn't even realize that the the playoff rules were different in overtime, so I, I assumed you just want the ball because you score a touchdown and win, but I guess that's not the case. Um, so I don't really – I don't totally know the strategy there. No. No, we haven't talked about it, no. So they had not talked about the fact that the overtime rules in the postseason are different, that both teams, no matter what, will absolutely get a possession. Kyle Shanahan, with all of that being the case, opted to take the ball first as if it was a regular season type of overtime where you're only guaranteed to get the ball uh, if you don't, if the other team doesn't score a touchdown on the first drive, so here is Kyle Shanahan explaining that decision making after the game. This is something we talked about. With none of us have a ton of experience of it, but we went through all the analytics and talked with those guys, and we just thought it'd be better. We wanted the ball third. But both teams matched and scored. We wanted to be the ones who had the chance to go win and got that field goal. So we knew we had to hold them to at least to a field goal. And if we did, then we thought it was in our hands after that. Yeah, I don't believe him. I, I don't believe Kyle Shanahan truly knew what the rules were, and he obviously did a terrible job of preparing his team for the situation. I think in that moment, he thought the rules were the same. Let's take the ball, let's go, and hopefully we score a touchdown, and then we win the game. Think about the logic there. We wanted the ball third. You, you, you had the decision 
It was it was presented to you. You won the coin flip. You had the decision to dictate how this was going to go, and you chose a scenario that never ended up happening. Well, we wanted the ball third. There was no third possession. No. There was no third possession. You're, you're managing. This is like what we see. Showalter did this when he was managing the Orioles. Do you remember that playoff series years ago? Who the hell was the closer? Was it Zach Britton? The yeah. guy who couldn't miss that season. And mm-hmm. Showalter had him in the bullpen in this game that went extra innings, and he would not bring him in. He just kept saving him right up until the Orioles lost the game, and we never saw Britton. Yep. And it was just, what what were you saving him for outside of the most high-leverage situation of the season? Shanahan here playing for the third possession, a huge mistake. A huge mistake. And how damning is the evidence that a Harvard graduate on your football team comes out and says, A, I didn't know the rule. B, we didn't talk about it. He had every chance to be like, oh, I, yeah, it was discussed. He could have lied. He could have covered up for his coach. He could have owned it and said he didn't know. Or he could have just said, yeah, I was aware of it. I probably should have paid a little bit more attention to the strategy. Um, that's on me. But he literally told everyone, I didn't know, and no one talked about it this week. Oh for a head coach who's been involved in the only other overtime in Super Bowl history in Kyle Shanahan. Like, I didn't know the rule. I'm going to be completely honest. We went to overtime And the first thing that clicked in my head was, okay, this is different than normal, but that's all I knew. I didn't know how. I knew they were both going to get possessions, but I didn't know how it was going to end. So it's kind of laid out. Nance and Romo and Steratora talking about it. No one talked about how it ended, though. They said, yeah, each team gets a possession unless the first possession ends with a defensive touchdown, but they're both going to have a possession. It's going to be played like a new football game. And I kept thinking, well, what ends it? Does the third possession end it or does the clock end it? And then Romo finally says something with inside of a minute to go. Uh, The reason the Chiefs aren't moving fast here, folks, is because, uh, you know, we'll just flip fields and we'll, we'll keep playing. I didn't know that. I assumed because of the demeanor in which the Chiefs were carrying themselves that they weren't operating with a sense of urgency. But the broadcast didn't do a lot to clue me in. That's on me for not knowing that. But I'm also not on the field coaching the game. Yeah. Like, I'm the idiot who's going to go on radio and talk about it. I'm not the guy who has to make the optimal decision in that spot. And the coach certainly didn't make the optimal decision in that spot. There's no analytics that are going to tell you taking the ball is the way to go there. Well, that's the most ironic thing about it is that he talks about, well, the analytics say this, and we considered the analytics. Well, what are analytics? Information, right? You want as much information as you can possibly have, which is why you defer. Because I want the football knowing what I have to go and do. And by the way, Chris Jones Well, no, hold on, said, hold on real quick. You don't defer. You choose to kick. Well, you choose to kick. Okay, defer. I just right. want to make clear, because if you defer, the other team will go, all right, we'll kick. Yeah. Okay. Fair. <laughs> Just point. get it out there because we're learning on the fly. We're learning together. Right. Two kick. meatheads learning together. That's what well, this is. The point is, kick off and give them the ball first. Correct. So that you know exactly what you have to do. And Chris Jones made the comment after the game that we had gone through everything. We knew what all the scenarios were to the point that if they had scored a touchdown first and we came down the field and scored a touchdown, we already knew we were going for two to try to win the game. You were not screwing around at that point. I mean, listen to that. That's how- also the correct decision, by the way. Don't don't give them that third possession. Go down exactly. and win the game. 
Exactly. So they were take. here's the point. They were taking all the decisions out of Kyle Shanahan's hands. No, let me rephrase that. Kyle Shanahan was taking all of the decisions and putting them into Andy Reid's hands. That's what he was doing. I mean, listen to how prepared Chris Jones sounds about the whole scenario. What's through your mind when they say they want this ball to start overtime? They're crazy. They're crazy. Yeah, yeah. Because the overtime rules has changed where both teams get the ball, no matter who scores. So, you know, uh, originally you want to let you want to let the other team get the ball, stop them holding the three, so you know where you got. It. Or if you stop them, they punt it. Then all you have to do is kick three. Yeah, Chris Jones just explained it better than anybody did all last night, and he was locked in on it on the field. And that's an embarrassment for Kyle Shanahan. That's a thorough embarrassment, and I got to tell you, like when I hear all of that, why does he say they are crazy? Because the biggest part of all of this is. You are giving fourth down to Patrick Mahomes. That's what you're doing. He now has four downs to try and do what he needs to do. And by the way, that's exactly what happened when he converted on fourth and one. What's ironic is that Shanahan's all about playing with tempo, playing with pace, controlling the flow of the game by running the football, but he gave all of the control and flow away when he took the ball first in overtime. If you think about all the scenarios taking the ball first, here are your potential outcomes. Number one, you drive down the field, you score a touchdown. That's the absolute best outcome. They're still getting the ball. They now know they need to score a touchdown. They now know every single time they start on first down, they're playing all four downs. So they will call their play specifically. Whereas you're possibly going to consider field goals and punts on a fourth and long, fourth and medium. They will not. They will call their plays accordingly. Scenario number two, you drive down the field and kick a field goal, much like you did. You've now opened yourselves up to defeat if the other team goes down the field and scores a touchdown. Option number three, you drive down, you punt. Horrible situation. You once again lose control because the other team now controls their destiny by driving down, kicking a field goal or touchdown and winning the game. And then scenario four, similar, turn the ball over, which again means all they have to do is kick a field goal or touchdown to win the game. Three of those scenarios are pretty lousy scenarios to be in. One's good, but it doesn't assure you of anything. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, especially the touchdown scenario where you're presumably going to kick an extra point and then they're going to go down the field and if they score, they're going to go for two. They're going to try to beat you. So again, you might not get the ball back for a third possession. Meanwhile, if you get the ball second and they score a TD, you know exactly what you need to do. If you get the ball and they kick a field goal, after you get it, you know what you need to do, much like the Chiefs did. They scored a touchdown to win. If they turn it over, if they punt, you know what you need to do. You can be more conservative when it comes to fourth down. All the decision-making is in your hands. You are controlling tempo. You are controlling the flow of the game. You need 2.5 yards per play to get a first down if you're playing with all four downs. The Niners needed 3.3 yards per play to get a first down because they're playing with three downs. That's a 33% increase in what you need. There's no analytics mind on earth that's going to tell you that's the play. Who are these analytics guys who told them this? Because they should be fired today. It feels like an easy excuse. Well, yeah, you just, just say analytics like. and you walk goes away. Wrong, it's how is the analytics told us to yeah. do that? Okay, analytics. can I see that? I, I, what I would like is for you to bring the actual sheet of paper that says, do this and show it to us and put it on a freaking PowerPoint because I don't believe you. Core math, right? Reason. Isn't that what it's called? Core math. Show the work. Exactly. There's one aspect of overtime that we haven't covered yet, and we're going to do it next. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Series 6M, Channel 80. 
This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Mahomes, he runs and he throws, caught, touchdown, Harvey caught the ball, the Chiefs have won their third Super Bowl in five years, the Chiefs are back-to-back Super Bowl champions, it is a dynasty. Back-to-back is rare for this football team and this organization, so it's a great win, It's because I know how hard it is to do. Y'all can call us a dynasty, you can call us whatever you guys want, I know what we got is something more special than really what you see in the NFL. And how much longer is it going to go? Because it doesn't feel like it's over anytime soon. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Getting it done. Brought to you by Granger. We're going to turn it over to a caller right now to see if he can get it done. It's Brian, who is in Connecticut on uh, ESPN Radio. Brian, what do you got, big cat? Hey, guys. Um Scenario for you. We're talking about all these overtime rules and the essential guarantee that each team's going to get a possession. Last night, if San Francisco wins the toss, elects to take the ball, and Kansas City does an onside kick and recovers the onside kick, is that essentially San Francisco's possession, or are they like guaranteed another one at the tail end of whatever Kansas City does once they have the ball? I'm going to hang up, and I'm going to listen to what you say. Great question. Great question so, right there. People thinking out. That's so great. Evan, to his credit, got this phone call and immediately called John Perry, who is ESPN's rules expert. And John said, no, that would not be a possession for San Francisco. So they would still get another possession because they never technically. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It would not be a possession for Kansas City. Oh, it would not be a possession for Kansas. No, 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 no. No, it wouldn't be technically a possession for for San Francisco because they never got the ball. 
So they're still going to get it again. So we're talking about the team kicking off, which in this chase case is the it's Chiefs. Kansas City. Okay. Right. I thought right. he had said San Francisco. If San Francisco was kicking off, sorry. Sorry. No, about no, that. no. So I'm making this Chiefs, harder than it needs to be. Here's the idea. If now I kind of feel bad for Romo now that I think about how much I've criticized him and how hard this really is. You really shouldn't. He's terrible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I've I've walked a not a mile in his shoes, but a couple feet. No, you really didn't. I'm going to let uh, you go ahead and lay this out. So here's the deal. Microphone off. Chiefs are kicking off, and they go for an onside kick, and they recover it. What that means is that San Francisco never possessed the ball. So they would still get a possession no matter what happened on that Chiefs drive. Whether they kicked a field goal, whether they scored a touchdown, it's not like their possession disappeared because they didn't recover an onside kick. Recovering an onside kick is the exact same thing as just receiving the kickoff. You're starting with the ball. Right. Correct. Now, if we want to get into it, if you had received the kickoff and actually ran it back, it wasn't a touchback, and you fumbled the ball, and then the Chiefs recover, you had the ball. Yeah. So, in other words, you don't get another crack at it. That one seems pretty straightforward. Yeah. That one, that, that made sense to me. Let's throw this out there. Mm. Can we just make this the new overtime going forward for all games? Because I dig it. I absolutely dig this scenario. Both teams getting the ball. None of this nonsense where a team gets it, goes right down the field, scores a touchdown, and that's it. You don't even see what the other team has. It's a quarterback-driven league. I'd like to see the quarterbacks as much as possible. And last night, that scenario was awesome. And we spent the entire day talking about the gamesmanship and the game theory that goes into this decision-making. This is the way to do it. I would love to see overtime played like this more often moving forward. This should not be a, a playoff-only thing. This should be the entirety of the overtime rule. Like, the NFL's got it better. I'm not going to say they got it perfect, but they got it way better than what it used to be. Well, here's the problem with it. Are, are you, first of all, just to clarify, are you talking that after the two possessions, the game is played till somebody wins or loses? After the first two possessions, if it results in the same score, both teams do nothing, mm -hmm. both teams kick field goals, both teams score touchdowns, then it becomes sudden death. The next but, score wins. But but can the game end in a tie or not? No. No. See, the here's next the score wins the game. Here's why they won't do it. Because teams will not want their players on the field that much because of the injury factor. Okay, then here's what you do. You know what you do? Let the other team score so that you lose and you don't have to risk the injury. How does that no, sound? That... No one wants to do that. Okay, so we don't want to lose, no. but we don't want to get hurt. So what do we want to do? Let's play some football. See, sometimes you just jump on something before allowing me to offer the solution that will make you happy. What's the solution? It's very easy. It's exactly what you want in that both teams are guaranteed a possession, but the game could still end in a tie. In other words, let's say that both teams have a possession, but neither team scores or both team scores and they're tied. Okay. At the end of that period, that's when the game's over. If, you, if neither team scores from then on, that's when the game is over. So it, that way there is a finite end to it in the regular season, but it does allow an equal amount of opportunity for both teams. You're welcome. No ties.
Nobody wants Listen, to Listen, I don't love them either, but, You're pitching but the them. teams are not going to let you go out there and keep playing and playing and playing until a regular season game is over. Not going to happen. I got to – with the way the rules are set up in this day and age with the scoring, what do you think is going to happen? You think we're going to go eight and a half hours like Major League Baseball? Listen, someone's going to make is, a field goal. Someone's going to make one singular play to end the game. Yeah, it might go they, a little longer. Joe, what game are they more likely? Feels like he cut out a little bit. See, that's what happens when you have a terrible take with lousy analysis. The internet decides you're done. He's frozen on the Zoom, too. So that seems like a full on power outage for Big Boy. And now. I'm here. Joe Formball has the caboose. Oh, you're back? Oh, I'm here. I yeah, don't know well, what we, happened there. Well, we've wrapped this whole thing up. So if you want to move on to the next topic of conversation, <laughs> but we've all we've we finalized what we were talking about. Listen, I think you jumped the gun. I don't know what happened there, but I'm here and you don't worry about it. Because I gave you the solution, whether or not you choose to operate with it. I, I'm telling you why it's happening. Because those teams are not going to want those players on the field forever in a game playing double overtime. Great. So instead of the awesome outcome we had last night, which was a game-winning walk-off well, touchdown the for the Super Bowl, that's why it's let's create a scenario where we can have ties. Love it. Very innovative. While we're at it, let's strip the season down to three games per team. Let's play one quarter of football, take the pads off, put the flags on. Maybe we can make it all the Pro Bowl now. That could be cool. We don't even need to keep score or watch for that matter. Now you're being ridiculous. Well, ridiculous <laughs> takes call for ridiculous analysis. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Well, did the caller get it done? The caller got it done. Did Joe get it done? He did not. Uh, with supplies <laughs> and solutions for every industry, Granger has the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. As we said, Patrick Mahomes, not the greatest yet, but did he play in the greatest Super Bowl that we have ever seen? That's right after Joe. Well, he has this from Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to the product specialists who have both the knowledge and the experience to answer all of your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people even safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. 
Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. NFL power rankings like you've never heard before. It's Carlin versus C-O-N-S-E-N-S-U-S. Consensus. I can spell consensus. I have a degree in English. Jerk. That's right. Whoa, whoa, back away from the mic. I'm right here. I King didn't... Kong just all on the mic there. Anyone else hear that? That's whoa. Right. Yeah, there you go. Would you like me to whisper? <laughs> Can't just talk like this? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> ABC's and me. Deal with it. <laughs> Top five Super Bowls of all time. All right. And there are only five, Joe. There are not seven squeezed into five. Yeah, we'll see about that. Number five. Pittsburgh, Arizona, Super Bowl 43. Okay. Tremendous game. Of course, the James Harrison play right before halftime. And then the Cardinals took a late lead thanks to an amazing, amazing play by Larry Fitzgerald on a pass from Kurt Warner, only to see Pittsburgh come back down the field and perhaps the greatest catch in Super Bowl history, Santonio Holmes, to win it. That is number five. Number four. That would be Super Bowl 49, New England and Seattle. That game was in Phoenix, and that is the game, Joe, where coming down the stretch, the Seahawks were about to win it when Russell Wilson throws a pick down inside to Malcolm Butler. And the next thing you know, the New England Patriots have yet another championship. That was a phenomenal game from front to back. That is Super Bowl Number four of all time. Number three. Super Bowl 51. A little recency bias, you might think, but uh, sit tight, my friends. Uh, this, of course, was New England, Atlanta. And when you have a 28-3 comeback, I don't know how you can look at it any other way. Throw into the fact, first overtime Super Bowl in history, the James White performance, an unbelievable, unbelievable game between the Patriots, and the Falcons. That is number three. Number two. Number two, Super Bowl 34. Who was that? That was St. Louis and Tennessee, where it literally came down to one yard at the end of the game. Mike Jones making the tackle. Mike Jones. Yep, remember that? Making the tackle against Kevin Dyson, I believe it was, down at the goal line. The last play of the game. That was an unbelievable Super Bowl. Great, great game. But there can only be number one. Number one. One number one, that is. And that is Super Bowl 25, the Giants and the Buffalo Bills. The first of the Bills' losses, 20 to 19, wide right forever. A phenomenal game plan by Bill Belichick. 
to force the Buffalo Bills into running the football. It slowed down the K-Gun offense. The Bills had the ball, or rather the, the, the Giants had the ball for that game for nearly 40 minutes in slowing down the Bills. And O.J. Anderson, your Super Bowl MVP. Those are your top five Super Bowls of all time. Last night doesn't even make the top five. All right. All right. Um, a lot to work with here. I'm going to start with this. I love the fact that you didn't try to put any Super Bowls in there that you were not alive for. I well, listen. like the idea of someone being like, all right, you know, I'm 38 years old, Super Bowl two. That's one of the greatest of all time. Here's why you didn't see it. You didn't see it. And because you didn't see it and because you didn't live through it, you can't properly categorize if it. you want to talk about most important super bowls of all time super bowl three is right there but the game itself not a great game yeah but that's not at all what i was talking about what i'm talking about is the fact that you pick games that you've actually watched and i'm proud of you because we've come a long way from you ranking burgers that you haven't actually eaten. oh oh i thought you were knocking me okay no i said i started by Once saying again, i want to compliment you the burger that was ranked was not technically on the list. It was simply an honorable mention. And yet during the list, you brought it up, but it somehow is not a part of the conversation. Well, that was one of my seven for five lists, as you would call it, yeah. that there, you were not lot, happy about. A lot there I was not pleased with. I'm pleased with this because you've seen all these games. So that's yes. fantastic. I there, It's hard to argue. Hard to argue some of it here because you have some really great historic plays, some historic games. The first question I'm going to throw out, Philadelphia, New England, a few years back, yep. Philly special, 74 total points. Nick Foles, the true underdog story. You went with the one that involved Hostetler stepping in for Sims. I'm curious as to how far away Foles and the Eagles beating the Patriots was on your list. It, it's up there. It's top 10, certainly. Uh, and it was one that I considered. And it has what I would consider one of the greatest plays in Super Bowl history. And it was not not the Philly special. It was Brandon Graham's sack of Tom Brady that was a strip sack that basically won the game. Won so the game. Graham making a play on the greatest quarterback of all time. As an Eagle fan, I'm obviously biased towards that Super Bowl, so I will just I'll just abstain. I'm glad that you you broke it down. I was curious as to know where it was. And yeah. I think I speak for all Eagle fans that when when Graham made that play, you knew we were going to get our first Super Bowl there. Yes. That was that was the play where you knew. Because everything prior to that, it was Brady. You just figured you were dead to rights against Tom Brady. All right, so there's that one. Um, another one I want to throw out there. Niners-Bengals, the yes. second time through. Montana yes. to Taylor. 20-16 to 16 was the final. Yep. The long, final, iconic drive. Montana coming to the huddle, asking yep. the huddle if they saw John Candy up in the stands. Yep. How far away was that one? That was in the in the mix. It's probably right around 10th. Here's what I'll say. What people forget about that game is that Montana, uh, very early, I believe it was early third quarter, early fourth quarter in that game, threw a ball that should have been intercepted. And that would have essentially put them completely out of reach in that game. Um, so really, really detail-oriented here. Uh, well, somewhat, yeah. Um, that was, uh, and, I'm, and the player's name is escaping me at the moment, but uh, Montana threw uh, a ball, much like why the Giants and Super Bowl uh, 42 when they beat the Patriots, Eli Manning threw a ball that Asante Samuel had go right through his hands on that last drive. Yep. Should have been intercepted. Um, and that game itself was not an amazing game. It was a great ending to the game. Okay, let me throw another one at you. Um, Niners, Ravens. 
Super Bowl, whatever. I don't know. I didn't write it down. 34-31 Ravens. Niners come storming back in the second half. You had the kick return touchdown to start the second half. You also had the blackout. The blackout at the Superdome, which for me personally, that just led the party I was at in Vegas outdoors to a very elaborate and very intense beer pong tournament until they got the lights working again. (laughs) That was a good time. Did you win the tournament? Mm, I I don't remember winning, and I probably would. Who did you bet on for the tournament? That would that would have been me, unless yeah. some fix was in, and I was trying to pull some some shenanigans there. But that's neither here nor there yeah. at the moment. No, again, uh, I would say that that is. I, I wouldn't say it was at the top of my consideration list. I would say that that was a very good game. What about when your Steeler, like you've got some Steelers wins in your life? Yeah, Steelers took who did the Steelers beat Seattle? That Steelers was one you Seattle, got, but that was a terrible game. That game was no good. That yeah. was a that was a god awful game. Officiating really helped you there, uh, but it, it wasn't the reason they won the game. They won the game because Willie well, Parker was streaking past me at the side uh, down the sideline. I've never been happier in my life. Yeah, I mean that was a big play, but the officiating did most certainly help you in that game because a it, little bit it, it, there were several key plays that would have swung that Not game. Several, two, two. Yeah, there that's two. several. It's two. more than one. Several. One is simply a holding call that I'm sorry if you. If you believe in the letter of the law, I was holding. So, What did you think of the officials last night quickly? I, I thought for the most part they swallowed the whistles, which I appreciated. Late yeah. in the game, it felt like they needed to get involved, and it was like, all right, you guys can back the hell out. It's it's okay. And and then another question, who are these refs in the black black shirts I don't that know are running on the was. field? What was that special as, ops last night? Yeah, as Evan put it, was that a black ops team? What, uh, what, what the hell was going on there? Never I seen am. that before in my life. And it, like – I feel like they instigated issue. Instigated yeah, they didn't feel like more. they were helping. Yeah, like that play with Legarius Sneed and and Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk's like pulling him. Sure, you can call the personal foul, but when the guys in the black ops uniforms came out of the field, it felt like it became a bigger brawl than it needed to be. You know what I wanted? I I honestly thought at one moment we could see ninjas drop from the ceiling when I saw those black ops guys. Ninjas? That's what you were thinking? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I could have seen that. And it would have added something. You can't deny that. Ninjas would have added something. Well, it was Las Vegas. Ninjas never don't add something. Cirque du Soleil, NFL edition. Yeah. Um, okay, so wait. the black. Do you, do you think the guys in the black shirts, were those standard refs that put on new shirts, or were those additional different refs? Those felt like refs that were there who were, let's put it this way, were probably equipped to handle any situation. That's what, what does I that mean? Say. I think it means like if things got out of hand on the field, that they would be more equipped to end a brawl that was going on. Or if so, if if something strong refs like uh, Hockley, yeah, okay. like exactly. I think okay. if you take off those black shirts, you got some guys under there who look like Bane. Okay, okay, yeah. and then final point, um, Romo for as shaky as he's been this year, no surprise at all was all over the streaker situation. Like, oh, yeah. he was all over the streaker situation. The guy hasn't made a call yep. all year. A couple streakers run on the field. Romo's got it before anybody. Yeah, he was on it, and then somebody said in his ear, don't talk about it. Yeah, and it's time and to start said, showing okay, that Okay, we shouldn't talk about it. It's time It's time to change that rule. I would like to see it. <laughs> Not from a, I want to see naked male genitalia standpoint. I just think the, the streaker situation, it's entertainment. That's what this is ultimately. Let's go ahead and air it. From yeah, a distance, you know I don't why. need the zoo, I don't need the, the close-ups or the replays. But from a distance, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see those dudes get lit up. Like they'll go running yes. on the field and they get lit up. Bring yes. we can bring back that jacked up segment. Yes. You got that jacked is where, up. 
that is where the entertainment would come from. Yeah. If somebody were, if you do that, you're guaranteed to get taken out. Yeah, they're volunteering themselves up, so we might as well enjoy it. Yeah, I think it's fair. Was there any other egregious miss that I had that you looked at and say, how do you not have that? I think there are going to be some older guys who are going to be pretty upset with some of this because they've been through and experienced more Super Bowls, but ultimately with what time frame you're working with, I think you did a very nice job. All right, I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay, boomers. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Boomers. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. What's the best Super Bowl you've ever seen, and where does last night rank? Your call's on it. Next, in moments, Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio and on the iHeartRadio app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Mahomes certainly did enough tonight to put his name in the conversation now with Tom Brady. He's the best player I've ever seen, and that's no disrespect to Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, or any of the great ones. Your chance to get through on the game last night, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776, on whether the 49ers lost the game or the Chiefs won the game. Also, your reaction to the list of the greatest Super Bowls of all time. We've already gotten some takes in. Super Bowl 32 Broncos Packers was brought up, which was an excellent game. Uh, that was a game in which the uh, Broncos won their first Super Bowl. Uh, and then there was uh, one that was brought up that was much older, which was uh, Cowboys and the Steelers, the Jackie Smith drop touchdown game. Uh, which I think it was Super Bowl thirteen, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, uh, 35-31, eh, very good game. I can't sit here and tell you I could break that down like a fraction. Uh, no, no, I'm not even weighing in. I didn't see him. I didn't live through it. I appreciate those who have the knowledge of that, who weigh in with that. 
not a whole lot I have to offer. It's like when we have these top, you know, five lists or all times, and it's like, where do you put Wilt Chamberlain? Well, I didn't really watch Wilt Chamberlain. I wasn't born for any of that. So mm. I'd like to be able to go back historically and try to assess as much as I could, but to properly slot him in history, him, Bill Russell, I can only go by what I see in a box score and through highlights. I didn't live through it. Those who did are far more qualified, in my opinion. Well, point for me being um... – I'll go through it, and I'll try to tell you if I have a pretty good idea of what happened, but I, I can look at some of those other games and know the history of it and be able to tell you how, that it was important. I just can't tell you that it's an amazing game when I didn't sit there and watch. How how far off was the first encounter between the Giants and the Patriots, the David Tyree catch? It was never in it. It never. was never in it for me because, again, the game itself – not a great game throughout. Not a great game. The, the The fourth quarter was great. I want to know that at least three quarters of that game entertained the heck out of me. In that game, I was doing the Giants pre and post game. And I'm kind of looking around like, eh, you know what? Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers at halftime was pretty awesome. Okay. But, you know, the game itself, nothing to write home about. For the first three quarters. I mean, historical significance. Two touchdown dog breaking up the undefeated yes, season. Yes. Greatest offense of all time. There was a lot of significance there, but Mo I can understand that. I'm going difference between greatest games and most important games. That would certainly be a top two to three most important game based on what it meant historically. Okay. It's in That's my top five, Joe. I mean, I have less to choose from you guys because I've been alive less, but... I don't know if I'm going to give you a shot at five. I'll give you a shot at three. What are your top three? Are the top five going to be the last five? Is that what you're going to tell <laughs> it's me? certainly a chance that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Last night, number one. Great game. I remember so much about it. <laughs> last year, number two, 38-35. Oh, yeah. What uh, What? What are your top... Handman, indulge us. What are your top three? My top three. Uh, that one would be probably my number one. Just don't start with that one. You have to say Sorry, which one Giants, it is. It's the first Giants, 17-14. First Giants pa Patriots? Giants Patriots. That's yeah. number one? That's number one for me. Just wow. Just because of memory, I think. Carlin just completely shuts that down <laughs> as even getting consideration at all. I'm, I mean, I was also in a Giants household, so I guess that kind of. Okay, well, that in. might influence it just a little bit. Just, just a, a little, little bit. bit. Also, a Jeez. Jets fan that hates the Patriots. Uh, my number two would probably be that, that Cardinals uh, Steelers one that you had mentioned in yours. Yeah, that was a great game. That was a great, great game uh, and a couple of the greatest plays in the history. That's the thing. You need iconic plays. You have yeah. James Harrison. That's iconic. You have the Fitzgerald touchdown where he's running a 3-5-40 at the end of the game to take the lead. That's iconic. And then the San Antonio Holmes catch, to Carlin's point, might be the greatest catch in Super Bowl history. It's certainly close. Three huge plays in a tightly contested, fun game between two really good teams. All boxes checked there. And, yeah. even, and even though I didn't like the outcome of the game, I actually think my number three is Seahawks-Patriots. Uh, you just you know, had all the drama, and there was a great catch. And the interception at the end. Right? Oh, my gosh. The interception at the end to not go with Marshawn Lynch. You know what? When you talk about the sports radio top five Super Bowls of all time, that's in there because when you come away with a moment like that that we can discuss for three straight hours the next day, it gets you up there. That one, yesterday's would probably fall into consideration because when you think about it, Shanahan's decision to take the ball first in overtime, I'm telling you, man, that thing is going to be an all-time regrettable mistake once people, A, 
understand exactly the analytics going behind that decision. When you take that decision and you really break it down to people, years from now when we look back, we're going to go, I can't believe he took the ball first there. All right. Let's Once get, you educate the people on it. Well, let's try to get one or two calls in too. Let's do that here. How about that? We just had the handman. I mean, that felt pretty good. All right. Handman? Go ahead. Handman. I'm ready. Any others, handman? No, I mean, that, that pretty much wraps it up, I guess. I don't know. How about well, your top two overtime? I only overtime? got three, right? So. Hey, man, you got your top two overtime Super Bowls? <laughs> How would you rank the two overtime Super Bowls? <laughs> I, I am interested. Which one would you put one? I would put this one one. Yeah. Put yeah. this over the oh, yeah, for sure. 28-3? Because yeah. okay. that one wasn't really Even there, you're wrong. overtime either. <laughs> it was like, oh, they, they got the ball first. Yeah, They're, but that, that comeback, that, that is an all-time comeback. Like, you felt that comeback coming, and you're thinking to yourself, this is going to be a complete disaster for the Falcons. And then it goes OT, and you needed the touchdown. It was the only way to cover the spread for the Patriots. Yep. From a betting perspective, you could not have checked every humanly possible box to make sure you hit that spread. <laughs> I remember that. That was when my my oldest was born. He was born Thursday night. We were in the hospital until Monday. That game was Sunday. He was in that little tray where you put a baby. I don't know. And it's yeah. on top of like a movable table thing. And I just put that underneath the TV and I brought in a bunch of barbecue and like, you know, wife's there in the bed recovering and your boy's gambling on the Patriots. <laughs> what a comeback. That, that kid's still to this day quite lucky. Is he gone? Did he freeze up again? I think we lost Carl. Just again. incredible. Just I'm an here. incredible performance from him. Uh, what, am, what do you want me to do? You're the guy that had your whole block shut down at one point out in Vegas. Did that happen at one? Oh, yeah. Yes. Remember when they did that? Yes. I miss those days. Well, miss those I'm, days where Cox Communications could just roll in <laughs> whenever they wanted, <laughs> update the software, and knock a national radio show right out of play. Uh, I'll tell you what. Listen, if we're going by gambling, for me, it would be uh, the the Seahawks Patriots because that interception uh, preserved my little uh, squares Ooh. at the end for a good four grand. Four grand Super Bowl squares? Oh, yeah. Wow, that was that's the first an all-time. Ever- I can't believe you don't rank that number one. I, I, that's a personal thing. Thanks for listening to the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Carlin versus Joe weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin vs. Joe podcast.